is my aesthetic branding marketing entrepreneurship you're listening to the kiss my aesthetic podcast i'm your host michelle winterstein of mkw creative co where we build brag worthy brands through visual identity design and social media you're in the right spot for branding marketing and entrepreneurship advice so enjoy the episode Greetings, guys, and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I know this is an episode that you guys have been waiting for, especially if you watched my stories this last week. I just got back last night from Adobe Max, which is the Adobe conference in Los Angeles, and I have a lot of notes. I have a lot of notes. Um, I have a lot of good things, but I also have a lot of things that um, I want to talk to you about, and I'll kind of end the episode with my grand summary of whether I would go back or not, or under what circumstances I would return. So stick around for that. I'm going to basically just do this stream of consciousness style. So I'm also going live on TikTok as I'm recording. So TikTok people, if you have questions, please leave them in the comments. I have your questions that you guys send in on Instagram. So I'll be touching on those as well. But if you ever have a question that you want me to answer on the podcast, always you can write in podcast at mkwcreative.co and send in your question that way. And I can answer it on the pod. So Adobe Max. If you're unfamiliar, this is the creative conference that Adobe puts on once a year. They didn't do it, obviously, with the pandemic. And this is actually was the 20th year of Adobe Max. They do offer a virtual version, which is free. But I went to the in-person version because I was really wanting to get back into conferences, back into in-person networking. And so I bought the early bird ticket for $1,400. And we will revisit that fun fact as well. This is not a cheap conference to go to, um, and it is quite a production. To set the stage here, I went to this conference on Tuesday of this week, which means that we only finished the San Diego Open on Sunday. So I had one day in between doing the biggest project of probably my whole life, which we recorded a podcast episode about also, which is a nine-day tennis tournament following another nine-day tennis tournament that was two weeks prior. Needless to say, I was exhausted. Um, And I woke up in San Diego at six in the morning to drive up to LA for day one of Adobe Max. Upon arriving, it's at the Los Angeles Convention Center. If you've been to the convention center before, you know that it is like, it has definitely seen better days. I've gone a handful of times with my mom, who's an interior designer for World Market. And it's convention center vibes. Like it wasn't anything amazing. Um, But I think because I've been there before for other conferences where they really went balls to the walls on the installation in the process, I was a little underwhelmed upon the first arrival. Then they basically shuffled you immediately. Oh, before that, woke up at 6 a.m., drove there, got there at like 9.06 a.m. and missed breakfast by six minutes. And they had no breakfast out. They're like, oh, no, sorry, you can come back for lunch. So now I'm exhausted and I'm hungry. So again, just take all of that with a grain of salt in this review. As I got to the conference, they basically had everybody go into the keynote. So in their Microsoft theater of part of the Staples Center, they have a really glitzy, like huge screen display. And that was really cool to see. Um, And they were starting to show some of the features that'll be coming out with Adobe and the different applications of their software system. The thing that I thought was such an interesting positioning I'm not going to call it an error, but interesting positioning situation with Adobe is that with every program, they kept saying, it's so easy. It's so easy with just a click. It's so easy. It's so easy. Anyone can do this. Anyone can use Adobe. Anyone can make this thing. And I just felt like that 
was a bit of a miss. As you guys know, I'm like a Canva fanatic. I'm a freak for Canva. I love Canva. We put all of our clients on Canva. I always design logos and brands in Illustrator, but for me, Canva is satisfying this need of being the user-friendly tool. And the reason I explain why as a designer, I love Canva is because for me, the Adobe Creative Suite is like a full freaking Michelin star kitchen. Canva is more like your at-home kitchen um, where you have a stove and a microwave and maybe an air fryer, um, but you don't have a sous vide machine and a deep fryer and double broilers. And you don't have all of these tools and these setups that if you're trying to prepare a seven course tasting menu is going to be a lot more important than if you're just preparing a meal for yourself at home. So that's always the analogy I've rolled with. And what I think Adobe missed in this first keynote was positioning themselves as we are the tool that the pros use. Like we are the industry standard and we are the tool that keeps professionals professional and we're a step above. Like here's Canva and this is us. They did not do that at all. Instead, it seemed like they were trying to be Canva. And as we know from like the TikTok Instagram situation, Instagram trying to be TikTok is not really working for Instagram. Like Instagram needs to stick at what they're good at and not try to do what Be Real is doing and not try to do what Snapchat is doing and not try to do what TikTok is doing, but really get to the essence of why their thing is good at the thing that they do. And I feel like Adobe kind of missed the mark with that. Not to mention it was like a huge stadium with like a ton of people. And I haven't been in a big stadium setting like that in a long time. And I think that that also kind of threw me off. So from there, you basically leave the keynote. Well, I should talk about the good things. There were some really great things that they revealed in this keynote. The intertwine tool for Illustrator. I mean, where has this been all my life? The fact that you could layer a visual element on top of text or on top of another element and quickly select out which chunks of that vector you want to send to back. Oh, like, hello, needed that a long time ago. The stuff with the 3D modelers with like Substance and Painter are really interesting to me, especially when you can take something from Substance and build like, for example, like a backpack rendering with a patch and a water bottle. And then you can throw it into a scene and like have all of the lighting match and come up with these like really convincing and compelling mock-ups. That's something I can totally see our team using. So there were Definitely things that were revealed in the first keynote that I'm like, okay, like I see what we're going for. I see what we're going for. But again, remember, I'm like starving and exhausted. So then we get out to lunch and it was like out on their top patio of the convention center and it was hot and the lines were long, long. I think I waited in line for about 45 minutes um, to get like a prepackaged sandwich and It was fine, but it definitely wasn't um, what I was expecting from this kind of conference, especially for the scale of it. And I kind of spent the rest of the next two days like talking to the people around me and trying to get a sense for like, okay, who's even here? Because the only other conferences I could compare it to when I went to market with my mom or when I went to Alt Summit, which is a creative leadership, creative leadership entrepreneurship conference that happens in Palm Desert. That one is for the Instagram girlies. Like there is no doubt about it. That that conference is for the aesthetic. 1000%. Adobe Max, on the other hand, 
the vibe that I got was that there were a lot of people that were there because their company paid for them to be there. So I met like the whole marketing department of 1-800-CONTACTS and there were 18 of them that were there together, right? Or there were educators, there were teachers. I teach Photoshop, I teach Illustrator, I teach digital graphic design. And so they're coming to learn, in which case their school is paying for them to attend. Or they were students, in which case the school was paying them via grant. So as an entrepreneur, as like a person that was there by myself, it was a bit isolating because everyone was there with their team. And it didn't really seem that there were a lot of opportunities to get to know other freelancers or creative agency owners, at least in the sessions that I was in and the people that I just happened to be standing next to at lunch or sitting next to in the stadium. So that was a little like threw me off a bit because I really was looking forward to this as being a networking opportunity as well. And it just didn't really feel like it scratched that itch. The other thing I'll say about that is because I am a freelancer, because I own an agency, I pride myself on staying up to date with these updates as they roll out. So I do read the Adobe emails. I do look at the watch the Canva conference in Australia. I am keeping up with the news in my industry. So some of the things that they talked about in their keynote, I was like, well, yeah, like we already know this. So it wasn't as shocking to me because, and maybe that's because I run my own business and I don't work for a bigger company where I'm not forced to know this stuff and to have to evolve at that level. But I noticed that like, there were a lot of things that people were like, whoa. And I was like, yeah, guys, like, this has already been a feature or like, yeah, we know already, like, especially in the first keynote, the sneaks on the other hand, something totally different But in the first keynote. I was like, mm, not convinced. So then after lunch, I basically walked through their community pavilion. The community pavilion is very much trade show vibes. Like think big styrofoam, like foam core posters. And the thing about that is you could do the actual live demos of the features that they were talking about. That was cool. Don't get me wrong. The Substance and Painter booth was my favorite one because you could actually see how these applications would work in real life. So if you go to my Instagram and you watch the Adobe Max highlight, you can see me showing. And one of the things I was very excited about was the AR VR live sculpting. So you can put on this AR VR headset, use the hand controls and do 3D modeling sculpture in virtual reality. I think that that is an application I'm very interested in as someone with a sculpture background and a ceramics background, like that could be really cool. So that did pique my interest. You could also do things like digital live painting with live projection mapping. Again, stuff that I learned about in college, like in 2012, where like students in my class were starting to do projection mapping and live painting, digital painting. Um, So I wasn't like as floored by that as I think maybe some of the other attendees were. I did in the community pavilion stop by the TikTok effect house booth multiple times. First of all, moment of appreciation for their audience activation. They basically set up a giant ass LED screen that was a stream of the phone. And the phone was on this little pedestal. And as the phone was looking at the audience, it was rolling through a bunch of effects. If you're a nerd for my stuff and you've listened to every episode of the podcast, this is basically like my thesis project is I set up a projection onto a wall with a webcam where if you stepped in between the wall and the projector, you got repeated into digital infinity. And so this was that concept. I mean, you're recording the audience. They're seeing themselves in real time. There's this like clear exchange between yourself and the digital representation on the screen. Like it just like that tickled my nerd brain. A thousand. So loved that. Talked to Effect House. They were asking questions like, oh, have you used Effect House before? And I said, actually, yes. 
My team just did our first effects on Effect House for San Diego Open the week before, had great analytics, and I asked them all kinds of questions. I was like, why is it that on our San Diego Open filters, we had like little children in other countries using our face filter? And they said, it's because when you upload a face filter, your face filters are listed chronologically. So you will always be able to tab over to new filters. And it is kind of a growth hack opportunity to use as many filters as you want or as you can in a video, because just like sounds and just like hashtags, your videos get stored under that filter. So knowing that, he goes, that's why all of our filters are global and we have such a larger audience than just the US. So keep that in mind when you're doing face filters with TikTok. I also asked them like, what kind of filters should I be making to kind of kick off or like really take off on behalf of a brand? And they said filters for pets we're really taking off and filters that correspond to the motion of music. So I was kind of explaining, I was like, okay, so you're telling me like for hotel lobby candle, could we have somebody pick a song and it shows them what candle they should burn to go with that song. And he's like, not really, but you could, for example, like make the flame of the candle move in correspondence to the beat of the music. So if you had an AR candle augmented reality in the scene with that face filter, you could make it so that the flicker is going on beat to the song, which is like kind of a cool idea. So stay tuned for when we make that happen. From the community pavilion, I went over into a lab and this is the thing that really confused me the most about Adobe Max. There's an app corresponding to the conference. In the app, it tells you if the session is full or not. And I was like, what is, what do you mean it's full? And I talked to the guy in line in front of me. He goes, oh yeah, you have to book your spot in sessions and labs months ahead of time. Months, months. You have to book your spot. And I was like, well, I'm screwed because now I've spent $1,400 coming to this conference. I'm not gonna be able to go to anything that I want. What the hell? So he's like, you can sit in the wait line. And if they have room for you three minutes before the session starts, they'll let you in. And I was like, this is a joke. So I watched everybody else file into this room, had to wait until 1127 for an 1130 session for them to let me in to get in the room and have it only be at 30% capacity, even though it was listed on the app as being full, which tells me that like, this is like either a bad marketing ploy or like bad systems because you're making it look like the whole session is full, but then as the attendee, I could still totally get in without having to pre-book it. Like that whole system was whack. So basically I spent the whole conference sitting on the floor outside of the room I wanted to go into before going into it for it to be empty. It just like that whole thing really ticked me off from an organization standpoint because I was like, this is stupid. (sighs) Anyway, remember I'm here by myself and I'm tired and exhausted and hungry and disappointed by the food. So put all those like layers into consideration as well. Um, From there, I went into the lab. So there are two types of educational content at Adobe Max. There are labs and there are sessions. The labs are the hands-on practical experience. The lab I signed up for was After Effects for Social Media Graphics. Got in there and within the first 10 minutes, I was like, I'm too advanced to be in this class. And I left because it was very beginner, very beginner. If you guys remember, I have two courses on my website about how to make GIFs and how to do logo animation. And this was like, what's a keyframe? Like it was very, 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 very basic. So if you're, again, if you're not the person that's consistently investing in your own education online, or at least experimenting with things and teaching yourself via YouTube, like maybe you'll find value in these labs, but all this information is like very accessible via Adobe anyway. So I wasn't going to spend my time sitting in a session learning skills I already know. 
So I bailed on that one. The next one I went to was a talk called A Fresh Approach to Product Design hosted by one of the product developers for Nike. This was great. This was like, okay, now I'm in the thing that I want. I'm in the things that I want to see, right? Because when else am I going to be able to sit in a room with a guy from Nike? Like not that often. And hearing them talk about how they're using painter and substance to 3D model different computations of their sneaker designs so that they're producing less waste, less carbon footprint, and less carbon footprint on their photography and videography needs because they are able to like use a digital rendering instead. That was interesting to me Um, because I think as these digital rendering opportunities become more advanced, we're not going to need photography in the same way that we've needed it before. We're not going to need videography in the way we needed it before if your digital rendering is, is photographically undetectable, like that you can absolutely pass it for for being in-scene photography. And there are brands that do this already. There's Do of the Gods, if you guys follow him on TikTok. All of his photography, photography, unquote, is digital rendering. It is not photography. Even when we launched Hotel Lobby Candle the first time, we didn't have a full photo shoot. We had Lindsay's photos that she took at home and we had digital renderings of the candles and we still sold out of the candles in 24 minutes on launch day. And most of that due to the fact that we had digital renderings on the website. We did not have product photography on the website yet. We had literally the Photoshop rendering. So keep that in mind. But again, we were doing this in 2020. So this talk, the fact that people are like floored by this and it's 2022 already. I'm like, guys, where you been? Like, hello. Like we've been doing this. So I think that's where I like wasn't as impressed. The talk that was impressive was Burberry talking about how they pay homage to a luxury heritage brand in a digital space and hearing her talk about how they've, again, like cut down on their carbon footprint. They've cut down on their costs, their waste by digitally rendering things in a very believable way first to get it approved by upper management to then put into production was really interesting. Um, They talked about how they use this with pattern design. Like they can lay out a pattern in the computer and the computer can tell them the best way to cut that piece of fabric for the least amount of waste in order to align the monogram in a certain way or align the design to go across two different panels. I thought that was a really interesting application. They also though worked with Adobe in 20, starting 2020 to like custom build what they needed to be able to put these decks together. So they had a lot of influence on the substance team and on the painter team to make sure that they were getting accurate embroidery representations, to make sure they were getting accurate jewel and, and metallic representations that could live in a believable way. What I thought was a miss here is she didn't get into anything with VR and AR. Like someone asked that question, like, how do you see the VR and AR experience with Burberry? And she's like, I'm not at liberty to say. And I was like, okay, like, cool, thanks. Like, didn't really let us in on what's to come, but basically just recapped what's happened in the last two years. Which again, is like, if you're keeping up with the news, these are all things that we know, right? These are all things that like, if you're paying attention to brands in the social space, like that's not a shock. Um... So it was definitely cool to see. It was cool to see her explain. And one of the instances that she gave was they took a a couture dress that had walked down the runway that got a really big response and basically reverse engineered it to create the digital rendering to be able to cut the patterns. I thought that was a cool application of that technology going from physical into digital instead of digital into physical. As the day went on, I went back into the pavilion, the community pavilion, and kind of cruised the the demos and the illustrations, or demos and illustrations, the demos and the activations in there. And our friends from TikTok, Boring Friends, shout out, did a collab with Adobe Max, and they had a 
screen printing station, this was consistently the most populated booth in the whole trade show. Basically, you could pick which item you wanted printed and which design you wanted printed on it, and then they would like screen print it for you in real time. I thought that was a great way to show design plus tactile in a way that wasn't just like piles and piles of t-shirts. It felt like it had more of a sustainability lens to it because you were picking the exact item that you wanted printed. Um, so as a brand, I think like for San Diego open, this would be a sick idea for San Diego open, um, to like really encourage them to have a live screen printer there and showcase the, the craftsmanship of the actual merchandise design instead of just having like racks and racks of merch. So I liked that idea. Then I went into a session, um, with our friend Latina Printer and Andy Lawani, um, who are both people who are poised in dealing with global crisis in a social media setting. They both spoke really eloquently to this about how as a brand, every time that there's a crisis, you need to come back to the core of your brand values. And this is something that I preach all the time, you guys, like anytime there's something happening in politics or in foreign policy or natural disasters, like as a brand that benefits from social media, I still do believe it's your responsibility to take a stance on things that affect society. So to hear them kind of reiterate that I think was really useful. They also talked about the power of, of knowing your sources and citing your sources and not speaking on things that you weren't an expert on. And it's really easy to mislead people. And it's really easy to think that someone is an expert based on their social presence. Um, but to do your due diligence as a consumer and a creator to make sure that you're, you're accurately crediting who deserves to be credited, right? So that's Monday. Basically wrapped that all up, went to that session, was staying at my friend's house in Irvine, Basically, like, did a lot of driving because there was traffic. Like, not ideal. I think to do it again, I would definitely, like, shell out the money to stay in a hotel. Maybe, like, get a few friends around. A Creative Co., if you're still watching this TikTok Live, like, we should buddy up and go together. I think if you could gather, like, a cohort of colleagues and friends or coworkers or people on your team and, like, do it as a group thing, like, Adobe Max is probably more enjoyable than doing it solo. Heading into day two, I was like, not convinced. If you saw my stories, I was like, I give this tournament a four out of 10 tournament. I give this conference a four out of 10. Like I was just frustrated and disillusioned. Again, the breakfast situation stunk. Um, the parking situation took me 45 minutes to find my car the next day or that night before um, leaving the conference, parking in LA, being in a rush and just having to deal with everything that is LA. And again, I'm from San Diego. So like, I have a pretty strong opinion about Los Angeles. Um, but I was not feeling good about day two. I was like, oh, I should have saved my money. I should have not gone. Then my whole attitude like really started to turn around. I walked into the, the conference center and they had some really incredible speakers lined up for the Inspiration Summit. This is the other thing that's also live streamed for free. So again, like the first keynote, the Inspiration Summit and the Sneaks, those are all live streamed for free. Those were the best parts of the of the whole conference, you guys. Like really, like you might as well just watch for those and save your money and stay home if you're solo. Again, if you're going to go on your company's dime, like someone wants to pay you to be there, uh, do that. But I think for myself, like I might just watch the replay. The inspiration stuff was great. Um, we had Jeff Coons, we had Steve Aoki. All of this is in my Instagram highlight. I'll like, spare you the details. Um, and then I feel like my day really turned around when I realized that there were sessions happening at the JW Marriott, which is across the street from Staples Center. And that space is beautiful. Like that's what I expect out of a conference space. It's like bougie, fabulous. It's clean. The bathrooms are clean and nice and renovated. The food was fantastic. The rooms were really like well 
kept. And I know that that's such a weird thing to hang up on, but like there was great air conditioning and there were outlets and there were places to sit and like things that the convention center just lacked that really did impact like how I felt about being at the conference. Um, so I had a great lunch, glass of rosé, paid through the nose for it, but it was worth it. And then went into the session about TikTok. Um, this session was specifically about Effect House. It gave me a million and five ideas for how we can use this better. And I really think that that I would have loved to see more programming from TikTok, from Instagram, from the social platforms, but that's not necessarily helping Adobe sell software, right? So the thing to remember about this conference is like, this was a software conference and not necessarily an entrepreneurship and marketing conference. So I had to like keep bringing myself back to that because I think I wanted different content than, than Adobe selling me their program that I already pay through the nose for and like continuing to sell at me we're great. And with a one click, you can do this. Like I just didn't find that programming as helpful as seeing people be successful and then crediting it back to Adobe. So if I were on the Adobe programming team, I would be way more interested in pulling in mega brands and pulling in super successful creators and letting them show me how they use their tools would have been a way more authentic kind of vibe. And that's kind of how I structured my programming for day two. I went to Color Me Courtney and listened to her talk about how she uses color to grow her brand and her brand presence. She was fabulous. I followed her forever. And really the highlight of this whole freaking thing was sneaks. This was the thing that I was like, okay, this was freaking cool. Again, they streamed it live and all the clips got posted to social almost immediately when it happened. But seeing the programming that the engineers and design teams work on, that's going to be kind of like the next wave of how to use this software was great. This was the part that was moderated by Kevin Hart. Someone did ask on Instagram, like, um, do celebrities like Kevin Hart bring value or just sell tickets? I don't know that people bought a ticket because of Kevin Hart. It was just kind of like an added bonus. Um, but he was funny. I mean, every time they would show some kind of tool and all the designers are like, Oh, oh, like freaking out. He goes, he's like, this is like born to you guys. Like you're all so excited. Like, Ooh, click it again. Like he was funny. Like there were some good, funny bits from it. Um, so I thought that was great. I really liked Sneaks. Uh, Sneaks basically dumps you out into Adobe Bash, Max Bash, which is like the party part of it. I had dinner plans with a friend, so I didn't really get to attend that one too much. I ended up coming back to it later in the night and like they did a nice job. Like they definitely had some cool activations and some cool branding things. And like, that's kind of the moment that I had been hoping for the whole time. I thought I was really going to get that kind of vibe on day one. Like there were photo ops and, and art activations and like things that you could do in contests that I would have thought that that would have been more ingrained in the first day. Um, unfortunately you can't just buy a pass for one day of the summit. If I could, I would just buy a pass for day two. I would just go for the inspiration keynote, sneaks and the party and then dip. But you have to buy it for the whole conference. Uh, so that was great. I thought that that definitely picked it back up to like a seven out of 10 for me. Um, and then into day three, again, was pretty pooped at this point and knew I wasn't going to stay the whole time. So I ended up only going to two different sessions. Uh, one was by Chipotle and how they use their brand uh, guidelines to, to drive their design principles, like their brand values to drive design principles. And it was a well done, um, talk and it was a lot of flow charts, which I'm definitely going to be implementing with my team as, as the days go on. And then I went to a really great talk by Ono Typeco, which was my favorite talk of the whole summit. It took like a very emotional turn and he kind of recapped about how his brother had passed a few weeks prior and, and his way of weaving that into why he does what he does with type was so artfully done 
and compelling and just wonderful to watch. And he had fabulous delivery and beautiful slides, of course, all of the fonts being fonts that have been designed through Ono Typeco. I use Ono Typeco all the time. They are part of the Adobe font system. It was really awesome to watch that presentation and like gave me a lot of ideas for how to talk about design in a less technical way. And I think pulling that into the personal story and pulling that into um, how he approaches his work was was really artfully done. And I love that he said like, yeah, Adobe definitely did not approve this presentation. I kind of went off script, but I think that that like humanness was very needed and and kind of a nice way to end the whole summit on a note of like, we're all just people and like we can relate to each other in a way through design and through what we love. But he had some really, really tactical, practical advice for um, how to approach your work and creative inspiration and pushing yourself and challenging yourself and being okay with the fact that like you don't have to be passionate about what you do to do it as a job. And I thought that his advice was not only super poignant, but like very well summarized and kind of presented the facts in a way that that I hadn't seen done in a presentation. Like I love that he ran through things I'm terrible at. He goes, a lot of people come up here and talk about how good they are at stuff. And I'm going to tell you all the things I'm really bad at. And a lot of the things that he was bad at are things that I consider myself not good at. Taxes, reading fiction books, staying on task. Like there were a lot of similarities. So it was really like, it was very affirming to hear that from someone that I've also looked up to. Um, and in that way, I think that the conference does help to open your mind to those those kinds of things. From there, I left and I went home. So as I kind of said yesterday on Instagram, by the time I'm recording this, there's definitely pros and cons to attending the summit. It's a great freaking conference to go to if someone else is paying your way to go there. It's great. I'm sure if you didn't pay a dime, like you had a fabulous time because you weren't thinking the whole time about how you just spent $1,400 to be here. For the $1,400, I don't know that I would attend again unless big fat asterisk. I was a speaker. So Adobe, if you want me to come as a speaker, I'm down. Like I'm down. I would love to be a speaker. I would love to host a session. I'd love to come with TikTok. I'd love to talk about live streaming. There was no live stream programming. And I feel that that was a big miss. Um, my favorite question to ask the summit speakers were like, okay, what do you think we're going to be talking about in three years from now? What about AR and VR? What about brand experiences in the metaverse? And I felt that that kind of forward thinking content was really missing. Um, so I would love to be asked back as a speaker. So Adobe, this is my like shameless plug. That being said, I would check on the timing. I think I would have enjoyed it better had I gone with a group and had I stayed in a hotel that was walking distance. The commuting thing took a lot of juice out of me and that kind of brought it down. Um, something that I learned that, that I'll take away and execute for sure um, the flow charts and stuff from, from Chipotle were great. I can't wait to get my hands into substance and into painter. I'm really looking forward to those. And somebody else did ask on Instagram, did they bring up acquiring Figma? They did. They had the Figma guy out, but they did not show anything about what that acquisition looked like. And I thought that that was interesting. Um, the best speaker for me was Ono Type Co followed by probably, I mean, I did love, um, color me Courtney. She was great. She was really wonderful. And I think that, again, like, had it not been at the Los Angeles Convention Center, could have been improved. Had it had more opportunities for entrepreneurs to get to know each other and network with each other, that would have been great. And um, the food situation, like the window to get food was so small. And then there was like nothing. 
And then you're like in a desert and you can't just leave because you can't miss your sessions. And the sitting on the floor stuff was just like not it for me. I did write all of this in my survey back to Adobe. So like I let my voice be very heard on that front. But that then concludes my assessment of Adobe Max. I think on a whole, on a whole, on a whole, I would give Adobe Max like a 6.75 out of 10. Because 6.75. If somebody else were paying for me, hell yeah, I would have said a 7, 7 out of 10. But for the price point, for what I got for my money, 6.75 out of 10. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope that that answers some of your questions. Again, it's like very fresh in my mind. And maybe in like a week from now, when I'm more reflective about it, I'll feel differently. Um, But I think as a first time attendee, I also kept asking people like, how does this compare to previous maxes? And they said that this one was not their favorite, that they had been to ones that were better and bigger and more impressive and better run, more staffed, and that they were disappointed in this year's max. So maybe I just went on an off year. You never know. But at any rate, now you have it in podcast format. We'll be uploading here shortly. um, And it'll be interesting to see where some of this stuff goes um, this time next year. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you have any questions, you can write in to podcast at mkwcreative.co. And um, if you went to Adobe Max, shoot me a message. Let me know. What did you think? And if you want to go next year, also let me know. Because maybe we can get a Kiss My Aesthetic group together and all go together and have a better time. See ya. Thanks again for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, of course, and it would mean the world to me if you would go ahead and leave us a review and follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, really. The Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group is also going to be a killer resource for you to ask questions, get feedback on anything branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship related. And to catch today's show notes or anything that we talked about in this episode, make sure you go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. We'll catch you next time.